CCFM 107.5. And you're tuned to Radio CCFM 107.5 and 96.7 FM stereo, taking you all the way through till 7 o'clock this evening. Now, the program, as you would have heard just before the track of music, is a new, relatively new show called Democracy in Action. And that means we are looking at issues pertaining to the elections coming up later in the year. And uh, we've been chatting with the IEC. Now, this show is going to continue uh, into the near future and while we ask all sorts of questions. The big issue is, as uh, members of the public, is do we understand the election process, what happens, how it happens, and is our, are our rights properly protected under the Constitution? And so the IEC has been answering a lot of those questions, giving us all the information on what we should be doing, what we should be looking out for. And uh, this evening on the phone, I have with me Derek Marco. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you very much for inviting us to this very special program. We are delighted to share the information and in this way bring uh, the citizens up to speed with um, what we call electoral democracy. Uh, absolutely. We've had a, a couple of nice sessions with your, uh, what is, is it your director? What's his? He's the, yeah, he's the Michael. provincial electoral officer, Michael Hendrickson. Yeah, yes. That's correct. Okay, uh, let's, get, let's get going with the interview and just try uh, uh, work out some of, before we get to that, tell us a bit about yourself and then uh, what your role is within the IEC. Very quickly, I'm the uh, Provincial uh, Logistics Operations Manager. So I deal with um, the setting up of the elections, the rolling out of an election program within the province. I've got colleagues uh, in the provincial office that work with me, and then we have colleagues across the entire province we have 25 municipalities and one metro. So the 25 municipalities is spread across the province and within Cape Town itself, this is a metro um, mm. with uh, 14 different areas. So that's your responsibility. So if something's miti- missing at a voting station, you the guy who has to, the buck stops with you. The buck stops with my boss, but <laughs> he will probably give me a He'll he'll ask yeah. you why the buck is stopping with him on that particular why, issue. Why? Why? Right. So, so uh, how did you get into uh, the IEC? Uh, your background and uh, your path to get involved. We chatted with uh, Michael around that as well because I mean he was passionate about the constitution and democracy and things like that. How did you get involved? In 1994, a large part of people within South Africa who never had an opportunity to vote uh, had access to, to voting. And and I was a member a number of civil society groups and we were invited to join the Electoral Commission in 1994. So if, if you can just picture this, for the first time in the lives of almost two-thirds of this country's population, mm. people were given the opportunity to come and work in the Electoral Commission. And I was one of them. So I was one of the very fortunate people in 1994 to work within the province um, 
and I've stayed with ElectroWork since 1994. In 1999, I then started working on the continent of Africa, so I expanded my horizons, still within the field of elections and conflict. And in 2011, I came back into South Africa and back to the Electoral mm, Commission. Right. So I did a full cycle of continent, 18 countries on the continent. I worked in North, North Africa, West Africa, East Africa, Southern Africa, South Africa. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> I've spread my wings. I was just so fortunate. From 1994 and 1996, we had a local election and we had the the, 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 the Constitution in 1999, we had what I call the first uh, the democratic election with all the necessary nuts and bolts, uh, building blocks in place to hold an election. And um, <clears throat> a few months after I completed some work in South Africa on elections, I left for Uganda. I never looked back. Um, and so... Uh, when I talk to you this evening, I can tell you about Uganda, I can tell you about Nigeria, <laughs> I can tell you about the Sutu, I can <laughs> talk to you about Tanzania, and and I'm telling you there's a passion and there's a there's an interesting way of holding elections, the most simplistic ways of holding elections, and then also very sophisticated ways of holding elections. Mm. And South Africa is one of the countries on this continent that have advanced in many fields. We have advanced we have advanced in the field of just holding our own with regard to our constitution. We have developed very useful, simple techniques within the electoral process itself to maintain a high level of integrity and transparency. And we are one of the countries, not only on the continent, but in the world, that the world looks to to see how one manages large groups of people in a very special way. We are special people. Um, we have a passion for democracy. It is often undermined by scrupulous people that have no respect for it, but I think the largest majority of people still respect the process of democracy and enables us to maximize the opportunity for people to participate in the governance of this country. So, yes, um, Love, I love my country, I love the work that I do, and I'm convinced that it is one of the best models that one can use to ensure that you almost create the space for fresh, new, um, enthusiastic ideas to come onto the table. Remember, and this is for me always the key, that democracy empowers the citizen to remove a person that we don't want in power, you know? Right. And so... Uh, there's, there's just such a lot of there's such a lot of opportunities within this process itself um, to enable us if we just utilize the opportunities that we have at our disposal. We don't have to necessarily go to other extremes to make our voices heard. We can actually utilize this process in a very effective way. Right now, you referred back to 1994 and uh, the majority of our citizens had never had the opportunity to vote. I remember as a sergeant in SAPS being prepared, standing at our local voting station with a shotgun, you know, no one knew what was going to happen. And what actually happened was it was the most festive day of joy and excitement and fun <laughs> that I've ever experienced. All the people who ran away to 
ran away overseas and said there's going to be a bloodbath. I've never come across, I mean, people were joking, uh, you know, Cape Flats people who came across to vote at the station. I mean, it was like uh, having Trevor Noah there the whole day, you know. <laughs> and it, it was such a joyful occasion. Now, yeah. um, eventually the gun was leaning against the wall and we were standing there chatting with the people. How did it feel? Yeah. How did it feel for you? as someone who hadn't voted before standing in those queues, now now having the freedom to put your cross on the ballot? It was absolutely amazing. You must bear in mind that we were also working within the Electoral Commission. Mm. So we had the opportunity to cast our votes on a special vote um, and, then, and then to participate in ensuring that people come and vote, you know, to ensure that ballot papers are moved, to ensure that um, ballot boxes are sufficient there, and to ensure that, you know, there is at least some kind of movement in the queues and so on. It was absolutely fascinating and was thrilling. Uh, I mean, it was way beyond anyone's expectation. Many people call it the, the miracle of South Africa. I, I think it was a miracle. I don't think it was a normal electoral process. I just think it was one beautiful exercise in democracy and in freedom. You know, people coming out and exercising their right and the, and the opportunity to exercise their right to vote. No. Um, and, 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 and so 1994 was was um, almost, uh, if, if one could say it was a packaged event, then all of those packages fell away and it just became one spectacular event um, that can never be repeated in history again. Yeah, the reason I refer to it is that, I mean, that is the reason the IEC exists, is to uh, not only have a free and fair election, but a safe and happy occasion so that it's not something that people fear that something might happen if they if they come that's mm. what what that's what it's all about ensuring mm. uh, the giving the people the not only the right but the ability and safety to exercise their d- democratic right in terms of the constitution yes yes exactly um, um the the task of the electoral commission is essentially to ensure that um whoever wants to exercise their right to vote they can exercise their right to vote that means we must have a voter's roll where uh, your name is there, your address is there, and you are able to come to the right place to vote. And um, so on the one hand, we service, we have two, two, essentially we have two, if one wants to call it this, two clients. The one client is the citizen or the voter, and then they must be on the voter's roll and they must be able to cast their vote. And the other client is the political party, and every party must be able to uh, be registered and to exercise their right to get their candidates and so on um, available on the on a ballot paper so that one can cast um, a vote for the, the party or the candidate that we choose or that you choose. Right. So those are the two clients, and we must create the the right environment for this to happen. And the right environment would include a voting station that is as close as possible to the voter. A right environment is um, an opportunity for political parties to exercise um, their right to campaign and to reach voters and so on. You know, so it's a, you must create the right atmosphere for an election to take place. Right. Early in the conversation, you, you mentioned that uh, you, as a part of the Electoral Commission, cast your vo- your ballot by a, a special vote. 
Tell us a bit about what special votes are, who is eligible for it. I mean, we hear these special votes, postal votes, uh, votes overseas at embassies and a whole bunch of uh, ways people can vote. That's uh, extraordinary votes that aren't at a ballot station on the day marking the ballot paper. Tell us about those those special votes. Okay, uh, so the, the the most basic form of a special vote is a a, um, a voter that cannot vote on the day of election. So, um, um, you know, during by-elections, we normally have an election on a Wednesday, and so we'll have a special vote on a Tuesday, and um, a normal election we would also have on a Wednesday, but it will be a public holiday, and we will give two days to a special vote. The special vote is for special voters. So, for example, somebody that is old age and cannot get to a voting station, somebody that is sick um, and cannot get to a voting station, those two categories of people, we will go visit them at home and we will enable them to cast their vote at the places where they are living. And then there's Sorry, also could I, could I, kind of... Could I just interrupt there? Sorry? Could I just yeah, interrupt? Yeah, sure. How safe is that process? How secure is it? Because at a voting station, you have lots of checks and balances and observers. But when someone goes to someone's home, who goes there? How many people go to the home? For a special vote, you have one official. Um, you have the voter. Uh, you have um, SAPS. The South African police officer, and if the place is big enough and the voter allows a political party or political parties to enter, they can also be present. During this COVID time, we don't necessarily want the place to be filled with people coming from outside because our, our electoral officials, they will have PPE on, um, police have their masks on, but we don't want, you know, just many strangers to come into homes unless the voter um, wants a party or somebody to be present. Right. It now, means, now it in the per- exceptional state. Let me, let me, let, oh, okay, yeah. Now, I just want to, so, so you guys, uh, maybe four, four, maximum of four officials are in there. What happens? You give the person the ballot paper, they make their mark. Where does that go once, once they've... Yeah, so, so there's, there's um, only one electoral official um, the, the 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 voter will get a ballot paper. Um, they will be uh, allowed. You know, we go through the normal checks and balances. We check yes. the ID. We mark the you know the fingertip and so on. We give them a ballot paper. Um, they will make the their cross or their mark on uh, for the party that they are voting for or the candidate that they are voting for. And then they put that envelope into an envelope that will be um, um, they will they will put it into actually goes into two envelopes. Yes. The one envelope is uh, you know indicates um, the ward and the voting district and so on. And the second envelope is an envelope that's completely blank, so you won't have any indication of who that person is when it eventually gets to the voting center. That, those right. things are sealed. It goes into a bag. That bag has got a zip on it, you know, um, and, and that bag is only empty when you get back to the voting station. So it is a, it's a very transparent process, but it's also a process that ensures the secrecy of the ballot from the moment the voter casts their vote on the, little, um, on the ballot paper. They will put it into these envelopes, and then it goes into a blue bag, um, and that bag, um, all those ballots goes in there as we move along. 
until we get back to the voting station and then it is opened up um, and it will be put into the ballot box, still in those envelopes, mm-hmm. until the next day when they have an opportunity, those envelopes will only then be opened up and it will become the ballot itself will become part of the bigger ballots that, you know, that's in the box. Right, right. So, 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 so it's almost like uh, a mini vo- voting station. Sorry? So it almost becomes, the home becomes like a mini voting station. You have all the secure protocols yeah. and uh, yeah. transparency yeah. that you would have at a, a regular voting station, only you'll have yeah. more officials and more people voting. Yes, exactly. And, then, and so remember, when you, when, you, when you take those ballots back to the voting station in the evening on special voting day, so today was special voting day, tomorrow is the voting day, um, those ballots are sealed in a ballot box, and that ballot box is sealed until Wednesday afternoon somewhere where they will open up that ballot box in front of all the party agents so that they can see that these envelopes are still sealed, and then it goes, um, the, the normal ballot will go into the ballot mm. box itself. So it's a very transparent process. There's a whole lot of checks and balances um, and I mean, it is, it's, almost, it's almost impossible, you know, to, mm. to try and do something that is wrong, you know, um, throughout the process itself. Right. You'd need a very corrupt official uh, to be able to get past yeah. it and, and people in, in yeah. collusion. It would have to be a major uh, voter fraud. Minimal, yes. minimal uh, fraud, fraud is never going to happen in, in a process no. like that. I mean, I'd, no. I, I would hope that not even major fraud, anything would happen. But no. the reason I'm, no. I'm, I'm laboring the point is to give people the uh, confidence that they can make a home uh, uh, a vote at home. Because often a person will say, well, I'm sick at home. I'm not going to bother. But we want to encourage people, if you're sick, you're disabled. I've got a friend yes. uh, in the local community who, when he needs his uh, papers signed and commission of oaths, one of the officers from from SAPS will come down and assist. So, we encourage yes. people if you if you cannot get to a voting station through disability, ill health, or age, yeah. the whole process uh, is seamless, and your vote will still count. And we and we want to say to yes. every person, we need absolutely. every vote because every vote counts, especially in a by election. Absolutely, absolutely. The the, the big problem. The big problem that we have quite often is that special votes can be abused. And you've you've actually emphasized a very important point, Wayne, when you just said now that the special vote is being created for every possible voter, enabling them to cast their votes. Mm -hmm. So so, um, we, we don't want to be invited to a home. And then when we get there, the person is sitting, you know, in the yard, or the person has left and gone to the shop. Um, it simply means that that 15 minutes that you got to get to that house, you actually missed another house or you yeah. missed another appointment. And that's the difficulty. And so we always encourage people, use the special vote if you need that special vote. Right, and special right. votes are not only for those that are sick or those that are invalid or those that are aged, but the special vote is also for somebody like yourself. Yes. So you're going to be working on a Wednesday. Um, and you can't cast your vote on a Wednesday because you're working at CCFM, but there's a special vote. You have an opportunity to cast your vote on the Tuesday. So we don't only have home votes, home, home visits. We also have an opportunity for you to cast your vote on the Tuesday 
at one of the voting stations as well. Right. So what are the other categories, emergency services like your SEPs, your yes. military people that are performing yes. essential services, as with COVID, yes. your essential services yes. workers, if you're a doctor yes. working a 24-hour shift on voting day, yes, you can make arrangements. Yes. Uh, how do they make those arrangements? Let's say I'm a doctor or a, or a critical care nurse and I need to, I can't vote on, on the day and I need to do a, uh, a special vote day day before what is the time in advance i need to notify yeah no it's very straightforward you you go online um on the iac website and there will be a special um there's a special um um um, what's a page uh for online uh registration for a special vote for a particular if it's a by election for that by election if it's a you know if it's a general election either local national or provincial there will be an opportunity for you to uh, to apply for a special vote, um, and if you apply for it online, you will you will get your information that you have succeeded in your application um, immediately. The same with um, special vote. Um, there's also um, an opportunity for you to apply um, manually, which means a form is collected at one of our voting at one of our um, offices. Uh, you complete the form. And uh, that form is then put into the system and uh, you will receive an SMS informing you that your special vote has been approved. So it's a very simple process. And the Electoral Commission, you know, they are, they are making a lot of effort to ensure that they simplify the processes and get many of these things online as well. So checking for registration doesn't have to take place at the registration point. You can check online, mm. um, making an application for um, for a special vote. You can do it online, whether it is whether it is uh, an essential service person, uh, whether it's security uh, security agencies. You can do it online. So, uh, what is the situation for voting if I'm a citizen and I'm I'm overseas? Uh, whether the person is living there, working there temporarily, or or on on business. Uh, important business which they cannot avoid can they do it in advance can they do it overseas how does that work well um, overseas voting um, normally it's for national and provincial elections for local elections uh, you, you actually vote in, uh, in the place where you are residing right and so local elections is much more localized but for international uh, for people that are traveling internationally they can also apply for a special vote um, that will take place in the country where they will be, and that information will be made available normally a few months before the time. Those elections also take place um, at a special time in terms of special um, arrangements so that that ballot papers can come back into the country and it can be counted with other ballots as well. Um, so that when we get our final results, all those results come together uh, under, uh, uh, under one count. Right. So, so, um, so, yeah, uh, it's it, it's been a toughie over over in the past, but it's become so simple, so streamlined. The difficulty, obviously, is that South Africa embassies uh, are not in every part of every country. So you'll have one office, for example, you'll have one in London, but you won't have one necessarily in Cambridge or one of the other places. You'll have one in Australia but you'll have to try from east to west, you know, to get to that. You have one or two or three in the major cities, but not in all the cities of the U.S. 
So that becomes difficult for South African citizens, and they normally have to negotiate their time to be at the, mm. at the necessary polling station um, at those given dates when it's available and open. So if you, if you are heading overseas uh, and you're heading after the, the – it's you can do special votes up to – it's two days before the, the, the Wednesday election. Is that correct? You said two days. That's right. So it's a Monday and a Tuesday will be special votes. You know, technically speaking – I think one should say elections take place over a three-day period instead of a one-day period. So right. Monday and Tuesday special votes, uh, and the Wednesday would be, you know, the votes that take place at voting stations. So, so. You, if you if you are travelling the night before or on the on the day of election, going on international business, you can still apply online and state your reason why you can't vote on the voters' day. Uh, will that be acceptable? And you can then vote the day before if you're still around in the country. Right, uh, right. Okay. Yes, yeah, of course. So yes, the, yes. the whole process is made to get as many citizens uh, on board and voting. So everyone, doesn't matter what the problem is or the reason, I'm talking about legitimate reasons, of course, there is, yeah. it, it, every person is accommodated to make sure that they exercise their democratic right and place that X on the ballot paper. That's right. That's right. That's, that's exactly the purpose of a special vote. It is called special because it wants to create an opportunity for people that won't be able to access uh, voting stations on the day of um, on the actual day of election to exercise the right uh, a day or two before that actual uh, voting day itself. It is also special because um, you know there are special people with special needs. And so one wants to accommodate them right. in the electoral process. So you are absolutely right, yes. So how the, the by-elections come here, preparing citizens for local government elections 2021, I mean, these procedures, how, how, how are the by-elections doing that? Well, I mean, uh, look, by-elections are elections that take place in local government municipal wards. Right. <clears throat> So a local government election that should be taking place this year will take place across the entire country. In our country, in our province, we have 816 wards. We have 116 wards in the in the metro, Cape Metro, mm-hmm. and then we have about 700 wards across the entire province. Uh, we have a total number of 1,579 voting districts or voting stations. So, so um, out of 816 votes, if a councillor dies, or if a councillor resigns, or if a councillor ceases to be a member of the party for whatever reason, um, a, and, and, and all of those processes are um, looked at and they are legitimate, the municipal manager will declare uh, a by-election. Now, by-election is essentially an election, but on a small scale. So instead of having elections in 116 wards in the metro, we're going to have an election in one ward. So today, we, today tomorrow, we're having a by-election in Delft area in seven wards of the 116 wards in the metro. Right. You understand? So, so the by-election is, is, is a smaller version of the full local government election itself. Now, remember, a local government consists of proportional 
uh, elected officials, so a proportional representation, but local government also consists of um, of, uh, of um, ward elected officials. Now, these people are elected first past the post, um, and 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 the by-election enables us to fill a vacancy where it occurs. Right. Now, if you ask me, how does it prepare you for a uh, uh, local government election itself? Um, for in, in in a number of ways, it prepares us. Firstly, um, there's the vacancy. Secondly, it enables political parties to get their candidates lined up um, to participate in this by-election. Thirdly, uh, voters are enabled and empowered to get their registration sorted out on the voters' roll. And so people begin to connect to the voters' roll over a registration period. Political parties connect to the electoral process through the candidate nominations, uh, you know. Mm. Um, and then lastly, um, on special uh, special voting, people apply for special votes and they also participate in the election itself. Um, the by-election is essentially a small or mini version of a local government election in a very specified area within a municipality or within the network. And uh, you encourage people to get involved in the by-elections because often these by-elections are contested and the, the margins are quite tight. Yeah, a by-election doesn't have a, a, a big voter turnout normally. I think for a number of reasons. One reason is it's not a, a day, you know, it's not a, an official holiday. So people must come from work or people must go and vote before they go to work, you know. Um, so it's quite difficult for people to get involved and one wants to get as, as big a margin of participation so that you can mm. also see how people, you know, make their choices. Parties want to see that the voters participate because they can then also test their um, own uh, popularity within a particular ward and that also determines their popularity in a particular area or within a particular municipality. So uh, we all have a vested interest to make certain that as many people participate, um, um, you know, in a by-election um, to ensure that besides the maximum participation, but essentially to ensure that um, people, um, that we can test uh, the numbers and also test uh, the relationship to parties and or um, in local, you know, in, in, in local uh, election processes, we also have um, uh, independent candidates. So one could also mm. see how independent candidates fares in, in that process. Yeah. So your message to the voter who would say, ah, oh, my vote doesn't count, I'm just not going to turn up. Uh, your message would be, now's the time you should vote because this is the time where your vote can actually make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we have a, a special outreach uh, program, uh, pro, uh, pro outreach uh, arm within the Electoral Commission. So alongside the Electoral Commission's operational arm to ensure that an election mm-hmm. takes place. We have an outreach arm that also promotes uh, the holding of election and participation within an election. Mm-hmm. And so um, that outreach arm, you know, ensures that posters go up, you know, to inform people of an election taking place. Um, that uh, they would also help us with the registration process to ensure that people are um, on the on the voters' roll so that they 
you know, they don't miss out on, on casting their vote. So there's a whole lot of things that we put in place at the information level to ensure that people participate. Um, uh, even besides the fact, you know, that their the vote counts, you know, just, just that they can be be part of the process, is, it's critical for us as well, you know. Right. And, I, I, and I mentioned this again because I think many of our citizens miss the fact that they have such a critical role, especially in local elections, to to make such a major difference in terms of the delivery of services. Absolutely. um, The delivery of services um, at at the localized level is determined by who we put in office. And so the way in which a party or an individual um, um, performs in terms of making information available will also determine how they will perform over that period when they, you know, when they are elected officials. Right. And it will determine whether we'll be able to have another round or be kicked out, you know. So, <laughs> so we have, we have yeah. so much power as citizens if we just utilize the opportunity to cast our vote. But there's also other things. You participate in conversations. You ensure yes. that your constituency representative is present. You know, you can quiz them and question them and ensure mm. that they make a meaningful difference in the lives of our citizens. And, and, and we don't have to say it is only for the more privileged. This is one area that every citizen <laughs> has yes, of, of uh, course. optimal opportunities and rights you know, to demand yes. the kinds of services that without, you know, doing anything untoward to ensure that we get that kind of service. Derek, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We really, really appreciate your time and we look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Take care, Wayne. And, okay. And good, good luck on this program. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. CCFM 107.5.